Welcome to the Hayes Salespeople Podcast, where we talk to the brightest minds in modern sales and get their tips and advice on all things sales. I'm your interim host, Jenna Sachs from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, I want to welcome Mo Moran as a returning guest to the podcast. Hey, Mo. Hey, Jenna. Great to be here. Great to have you here. Uh, Mo is the Senior Director of Sales Development at Greenhouse, which if you aren't familiar with Greenhouse, it's an enterprise talent acquisition software helping businesses deliver measurable hiring results so they can build, grow, and hire for what's next. So I'm super excited to have Mo on the podcast. I've known Mo for years now, actually through many different lives, anything from living in the same building in Brooklyn, uh, her showing me up in CrossFit, working across the street from her when we were both in New York, and now me coming to her regarding all things SDR because she truly is just an SDR powerhouse and a great person to know in this industry. So again, super excited to have you here. Extremely generous, Jenna. Um, for the listeners out there, Jenna's being very humble. She is maybe the fastest person on the Brooklyn block that we shared. Uh, and it's really me going to her with a lot of questions, but we do have uh, a great connection. And the topic of this conversation could be the power of networking because of all of the overlap we've had throughout our lives and careers. But so I think, you know, again, what, what actually prompted me asking Mo to come back on the show for a second time, I, I came to her with some questions and just to bounce some ideas, brainstorm off of just SDRs and how you look at them in an enterprise business and, and really how to grow SDR talent, increase conversion rates, you know, talk through all things of, of how to just make the team better. And she's been doing this for, for a number of years now. So I knew that she was the right person to go to and, and ask questions and um, you know share what I was thinking and, and really brought us to a great conversation about building promotion pathing and, and really getting your SDR team to be as efficient as possible and retain that talent, especially in a time where people are looking for different jobs and the, the market is really very competitive no matter where you are. So would love to just kind of start by going through what's top of mind for you, Mo, as you think about this stuff. I know it's all top of mind, but you know, what do you think is the most important thing to think about first when, when thinking about how to build a, an SDR team and set it up for success? Thank you so much for kind of teeing us up. And you know, the, the other thing that stands out to everything that you just shared around the sort of strategic value of career ladders for SDRs in particular is really how many different areas of business impact this really touches. So I, I know for me in my early experience with career ladders, the first point that stood out and the first point of value was really around how do you create a growth path for SDRs? And of course, that is a very important point of career ladders. There's really also others that are valuable to the business, which is retaining great people. The other thing is that then that path becomes what attracts the next set of top talent. So for anybody hiring for SDRs, which is probably a lot of you listening, having great career paths within your SDR program can be a great way to attract that talent. So clearly um, hiring and good talent and also retaining that talent over time is top of mind for, it seems like everybody these days. So I, I guess my question for you is, what is the, the first thing you think about when creating a career ladder that's really going to set somebody up for success, not only in the SDR role, but beyond that to become, you want these people to become sales, ultimately become salespeople within your organization as well. So it's not only about acquiring an SDR and having them do well in that job, but how do you career ladder them to set them up for success in your organization long-term as well? 
Yep. I love that question. And, you know, of course, I think this all depends on, for listeners of this conversation, where you are as a business, how much progress you've already made within career ladders. So whether you are looking to improve existing career ladders or create them for the first time, I I think there are sort of three main areas I would speak to. And so I'll, I'll start with the first, which is first, recognizing that the SDR role and the timeline is uniquely different than most of the other roles within an organization. So so to put yourself in the shoes of an SDR, right? And what I mean specifically is to think about the timing of different promotion points, where I know a lot of roles are roughly every year, so maybe year and a half, right? SDRs have these really distinct risk points in their tenure. And I think that you should strategically create those promotion points right around where those risk areas commonly are. And I can give you a couple of examples of what I've seen. The first is right after the honeymoon phase is over, the job is real and SDR is fully ramped and they're thinking, wow, what have I gotten myself into? So let's say that's roughly four, maybe five months into the role. There's your first promotion point, right? Then it's just shy of one year. I think a lot of folks come into the role with desires of who they want to be professionally, what they want to do within the role and next. And what I've seen in a lot of the best SDRs is this moment of sort of soul searching around that year uh, and asking themselves, have I done everything I wanted to do? Should I be thinking really clearly about what's next? If I'm still in this role, am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? So again, just shy of that one year mark and a great place to sort of strategically put a promotion potential that is leading to perhaps a more senior path. So the value of creating senior paths after that maybe year and a half mark, even the two-year marks, so valuable to the business. And I can speak more to that too. Yeah, I would actually love to dive a little deeper into that. I think one thing we spoke about yesterday as well is, right, how are you setting the goals for the promotion path in a way that you're actually making your SDR team as effective as possible and not just racing to get to the next promotion or to get out of the role. You want them to be great in the role. So how do you set that up and then also set up those senior roles to say, look, this is one potential place you can stay for a little bit and and have a huge impact on as you advance and get to the more strategic accounts. And you know, how do you grow that side of things? Such a, such a great point too, because the other thing that I think about and talk a lot about and learn from with my other SDR leaders at Greenhouse are that we are a lot of times guiding folks, perhaps newer to sales or who have made career pivots into what does it look like to earn a promotion in tech sales, in a sales role. So my two cents here is to make promotion criteria extremely clear in two key areas. The first is getting really specific with the numbers and the quantitative element. So for example, this might look like checkpoints from one promotion to the next in terms of both total opportunities or booked meetings or whatever your sort of primary metric is, and some element of consistency. The quantitative checkpoint might look like one number of opportunities that you've sort of strategically come to based on a certain number of months which also gives the best reps the opportunity to beat your timeframes. The consistency piece kind of builds that muscle of the value of consistency within any salesperson and sales organization. And then the second piece of getting really clear is with skill sets, right? So it's one of my favorite conversations to have among sales leaders or sales development specific leaders, which is to answer the questions that are true to your organization what are the primary skill sets that are most important for a new SDR to master 
in those first, let's say, four to five months. Then you pose and answer the question, okay, what changes now from four months, let's say, to just shy of a year? And then again, you ask and answer it again. After that year, you have somebody getting a bit more senior beyond 18 months into 24 months. What are those skill sets? And get specific there. The great bonus point is that this then becomes a really valuable toolkit for all of your managers. Anybody coming in to guide and coach an SDR also has this great resource that is a huge incentive for an SDR to be working on the same types of skills together. And then, of course, you have that bottom line component of performance that drives eligibility and qualification for the next step. I'm just curious, you know, what would you say are the milestones for different skill sets that are are needed and how would you differentiate that? You know, the first sorts of skill sets that I think about for a brand new SDR is learning the tech stack, which can't go without saying. So, you know, one of the sort of, uh, one of the areas that can separate the good from the excellent is, can you navigate your tech stack with high efficiency and kind of optimize every piece of tech that, you know, your team and your company has given to you? It's really half the battle sometimes. Then it's, can you get familiar with the process So what are the top performers doing? What does that look like? Have you been able to articulate and complete, let's say, certifications within onboarding and then begin to execute them as you're ramping in? And then the final one is really stringing together a consistent process. And this is probably the majority focus from, let's say, onboarding into ramp and into your first fully ramped months is what does a cyclical consistent process look like? Are you hitting metrics? Are you able to articulate what it looks like in your day and get really specific with things like time management to hit those metrics? So that's sort of the general area of the first few months, right? Then you have somebody who has done all of that. Great, they lifted their head ups. They have just earned you know, that second promotion, whatever the title is at your company. Now it's time to get specific with development areas and kind of take things to the next level. So I think this becomes a little bit different, but it's all about owning your own development and turning it into this routine and this rhythm that you as the SDR really own, but then leverage your manager for help on. So what I like to say to my team is, you know, you really should always have, let's say, one to three areas that you're working to improve on. Doesn't mean you're not doing a hundred other things at any given time, but there's one to three that you're really specifically focusing on, listening out for, doing your external research to improve. So this might be some key areas of the SDR process, like objection handling. And that's both over email and on calls, right? Two very different muscles. It might be making progress over the phones. Maybe you're really good at email communication, but you haven't quite spent that time or dedicated the effort to get really good and fearless on the phones. The other thing I love to recommend in this like four to nine, maybe 10 month tenure is maybe take on a special project with your manager. So you've gotten really good at that consistent cyclical process. You have proven yourself to be a consistent performer you've probably then identified some area or some resource or space or topic that your team is really curious about or might find value in. Can you propose that topic and actually help to create the thing that you're missing? So maybe it is partnering with an AE and having them speak with your team on a really specific challenge that they're hearing, getting the SDRs really buttoned up and well-versed in that area. That can be a really cool opportunity for, for SDRs to contribute beyond just hitting your KPIs and metrics, booking meetings, really having impact on on the broader team. I'll pause there because the the senior bands are a a different conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually great advice for 
any role. But yeah, I would love to hear more about also the senior bands too, because I think that's something, again, SDRs are always trying to, you, you hear that they're trying to get out of the role at the second they're in because of these promotion paths. But some of them, you know, we there's obviously a huge industry need to get more strategic SDRs in the role longer that are really good at what they do and work your top accounts for a little bit longer. So what what do you look at there in terms of skill set and how do you you know describe that relationship? Yeah, I mean that's such a good point. And I think necessarily any sales leader and sales development leader is thinking about those folks who are coming into the role and interview well and onboard and ramp well and are great in the role. And so many of them have a clear desire to do something beyond the role, right? We know that's common and that's why career ladders should help guide skill development so that you are creating both pipeline for your company and talent for the rest of your company too, right? But there is a whole cohort of individuals who really enjoy the job and for many great reasons. And I learn them every time I'm working with a more senior SDR want to stay in the role longer term. And so my two cents here is continue to create those bands and continue to compensate them generously because those folks we know are so valuable to the business. They get really good and consistent. There's not a lot they don't know. The, the exchange there is of course, they're staying accountable to the responsibilities. And these often have to be your best navigators of change, right? Because any and most of our teams, I should say, are pretty constantly navigating some sort of change. So that's the thing is your senior people are also never not developing. They also have their own set of of development areas. And I think part of knowing if somebody wants to be in the, the role long term is same as you know, somebody wants to be an AE is as leaders really sitting down and asking questions around career desires often, right? Because within a year, things can change. If you have somebody getting exposure to your business and your team and what it looks like to be in the role, what it looks like to be on other teams, giving the space, creating the space to hear from, you know, your top people or your most tenured people of what they want long-term from a place of their own values. So maybe somebody wants a lot of flexibility, And being in the SDR role for a long time has created a routine of consistency for them and their families, you know, and that list goes on. So what I'll say as far as what are the things that senior people are focusing on? One, it's continuing to set expectations as sales leaders, which is, hey, I want to continue to create these paths, but in exchange, let's stay consistent. That's in performance, that's in being a great team player, and that's in having some element of giving back, right? So Some really senior people don't want a big presence. They don't want to be mentoring new hires. They don't necessarily want to be giving trainings. If they do, great. That's going to be maybe more of like a team lead type of senior person who is really dedicated to sharing everything that they've learned. If you have somebody that's more of a lone wolf, let's say, again, really valuable to the business, you just want to keep those expectations clear of what does it look like to stay a consistent performer and to continue to navigate change as it comes up. And in fact, sometimes even provide feedback back to leadership. Hey, what's working for you? You've been on this team a long time. What's changing? And maybe as things change, there's actually new things that, you know, I'm, I'm a leader of the team. I'm just not thinking about and feeling the same way that you are. So kind of using that person to keep the feedback loop open too. Yeah, I love that there's not just one path here, right? I mean, I think SDR as an entry-level role, it can go into anything. I know we, we talked about some of these SDRs, you want to be your top sales reps in the long run, or they want to be top sales reps. 
a lot of them don't know what they want. I've seen SDRs go into the ones that give that feedback and see that white space and are very metrics oriented and maybe a little of the lone wolves. They can go into ops. You can go into, you know, enablement. Um, it, there's an endless possibility of places that these roles can go. So I think it's awesome that you make that distinction of how do I allow them the time to be in this role where they're not just worried about getting to AE without necessarily knowing what that means and also let them figure out what they like and don't like to shape them into someone who's going to be valuable to the company long-term, no matter what role they end up in or what their path is. You know, you bring up a really good point, which is, you know, and I'm sort of speaking about those SDRs who want to continue to be senior, but you bring up a huge cohort of SDRs who are senior and still really exploring. They do want a next step, but they don't exactly know what it is. And I have to say that is my favorite moment because then you begin the really exciting work of career exploration. So like you're saying, you know, just something as simple as saying, hey, go out and outline all the different teams of this company and what they do. And I love to sort of guide, you know, the approach of go find the job description, the best, most exciting parts of those roles and the hardest sort of grindiest parts of those roles. Then let's meet again and sort of have a conversation. What piques your interest? What gets you excited? Um, And what I'll say, you brought up really great paths from SDR, like RevOps and enablement, a great flow chart moment that I've seen kind of guide the conversation and the process is, do you want to still have a quota? And there are really a group of folks that are like, yes, definitely. There's no way I'm not going to have a quota again. I love earning my commission. And then there's a really clear group of folks that are doing well as SDRs, but saying, you know, I'd like to actually switch the sort of scope of the roles that I'm holding and explore these other sort of non-traditional quota types of work. And I think that actually is a a pretty good segue into the last thing I'm pretty curious about your thoughts on um, is compensation. I think, uh, again, a very competitive market where in just unprecedented times where SDRs are needed everywhere. Um, How do you stay competitive in just the OTE compensation package that you're offering both as a new hire and in the promotion cycle? And then, you know, probably ask you after that about uh, setting quotas and goals and how you compensate for that variable component. Yeah. Um, I am aggressively nodding as you are sharing your thoughts on, you know, the importance of compensation and having this conversation. And I can only imagine the same is true, whether you are an SDR listening to this call, uh, an SDR leader, or, you know, you hold other roles related to compensation for this role. But, you know, and and we've spoken a little bit about this too, but I, I do think it's really important to stay on top of both your current OTE that you're offering for the role, and then really stay close to what the market is because it is changing fast, especially in the last two years. But you know, longer back than that, it's a completely different ballgame. So I sort of have two buckets of thoughts here as it relates to SDR compensation. And again, this is my two cents and what I've sort of experienced along the way. But one, compensation matters for your sales development leaders that are tasked with hiring the best team to scale your function. It's really hard to compete for top talent, no matter the strength of the brand of your company or your team without competitive on target compensation offerings. So it's always going to be important to folks that are looking for their next best step. So I think the first thing is that the starting OTE that you're offering is just that. It is the entry point that will allow you to compete for the best talent on the market. 
period. So I think there it's really important to kind of always be benchmarking with your network. So sort of companies like yours, how it's working, what's happening for them, just staying curious. And then there are so many great resources out there that kind of do this for you and specialize here, which is taking, you know, again, similar types of companies to you in the same sort of rate of growth in the same space, and just making sure you are where you want to be as your company kind of sees, you know, their philosophy, whether you're at the high ends or the middle or, you know, within range, whatever that means for your company, at least it's intentional to the benchmarks of the time. Because again, if you ignore them, they will change with or without you is what I've seen. Then what I'll say is there's also promotion compensation. Then you're kind of outside of that picture of your starting OTE and you're really talking about competing to retain your talent, right? We know this is the, the talent pools market right now. There's so many companies doing great things. Leadership matters. Uh, your product market fit matters. You know, that list could go on. But what I mean to say here is I would say and, and what I've really seen work well is to not be afraid to get generous with promotion compensation. If you're working with finance, for example, I've seen the best finance partners that I've worked with see it as a no-brainer to pay a tenured SDR well versus the risk and the cost of having to backfill an attrited SDR. Yeah, I think that's a a great point too, because I was thinking this earlier when you were saying this, but having the option and, and not feeling like you need to get to the next role or next sales role specifically, just because it's a higher compensation or much higher compensation rather. Um, Because I think that's also when you see people set up to fail almost, right? Where they're racing out of their role and not developing the skills they need or even knowing if they like the next role that they're going into. So I think by providing that compensation, that's a really great point. You're giving them that flexibility to explore, do what they want to do or know what they want to do rather. And yeah figure out what's next without being in a position that they're now going to almost regret taking if they haven't thoroughly explored what they want. Just like you're saying, I just want to repeat that if you don't know what you want to do next, why not take that time that you have in a truly win-win situation where you know how to be successful, you're getting paid well, you are building a strong reputation within your team and company to figure it out and do some projects that sort of cross-functionally collaborate with different departments that you're curious about. So just exploring your curiosity and taking a little bit of time to be sure so that you can be successful in the long run. I think that's so smart and really valuable. So I guess, you know, as we, as we wrap up, I would love to hear just kind of one final thought or piece of advice that you would give, you know, whether it's someone in an SDR role or a manager or even a sales rep working you know, with, with SDR teams, like what is one final thought you'd love to give our listeners? So I feel like this one goes out to the folks that are struggling in the area of career ladders. And my advice here would be to get really specific on the most challenging and painful moments and situations that you're experiencing and strategically bake them into your career ladders to work for you or to create a new way of promoting and guiding folks through promotions. So for example, if you are finding SDRs getting really frustrated before their second promotion, move the timeline up. Don't be afraid to kind of break things to create a better path forward. You can always start again, and you can really use the feedback of your team that's going through that challenge and pain with you 
for, for the better of future generations to come because the show will always go on. So those challenges can really become your next best great idea. I love all of that. Really, really awesome talking to you as always. Obviously, you are a leader in the SDR space. Um, I don't know if you're hiring currently. We're hiring. Great. So uh, if you are looking to get into being an SDR, how can someone contact you or just looking to talk about SDR, anything SDR, how, how can someone, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you, Mo? Oh, so cool. Please find me on LinkedIn, Mo Moran at Greenhouse. Would love to chat even if you are curious slash really interested or, you know, if anything in this conversation stood out to you in a way that you agree or especially disagree, would, would love to hear from, from you. So thank you for that, Jenna. Yeah. And uh, personally, I can recommend having thought process conversations with Mo because um, I know I sure have reached out to her about that. And even when I've mentioned that to other people, whether in my own org or elsewhere that I didn't even know have spoken with Mo before, they they know her, they, they've they used her for advice in some way she performs. So highly recommend it. Um, sorry if that blows up your inbox. <laughs> no, so generous. And I'm going to use the grossest analogy ever, but it's really the most fun of the job to talk about how the sausage is made. So I'm really sorry to describe it that way, but I think you all know what I mean. <laughs> I think those are good words to end with here. So um, <laughs> Uh, thanks so much again for being on the podcast for the second time. Um, great insights as always. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You always make me think Jenna. So always great to talk to you. Hey, salespeople is a production made in partnership with frequency media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey salespeople podcast. 